Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It's an all-news edition of Live, Laugh, Leave. Sorry, no hot Alexander Suglobov or Hal Gill takes this afternoon. Uh, we are reconnecting on the eve of what was supposed to be the terminating Friday when it comes to the mandated quarantine period for NHL players. Uh, there are actually only two known and confirmed cases of COVID-19 in, in the NHL community. I believe uh, we are still just at two, which would be the two Ottawa Senators. Uh, but of course, society has not been able to uh, corral this thing yet. And for that reason, NHL players will remain in isolation for at least another 10 days. People, uh, most people are taking this very seriously. Major sports leagues are at the forefront of that. But before we dive into all the topics uh, that have sort of come out of the latest NHL update... Mike, got to ask how you're doing. Have you graduated from stir crazy into something far deeper than that? Yeah, I'm down the rabbit hole. Uh, thank, like, I just want to give a shout out to whoever decided to release Tiger King, the the uh, the Netflix documentary Tiger King around this time, because I think that has I think that documentary has saved lives. I think that documentary has kept people from going crazy because I watched all seven episodes. Have you seen it yet? I've seen three episodes. Okay, I watched all seven in one night because I was I was I saw all the hype on on the internet and I was like, okay, whatever, I'll give it a chance. I'm not like I'm a doc guy, but like it takes me a while to get really invested. Like right off the hop, I'm just like, if you could distill like cocaine into a documentary, like that would be it. Like every single character who kept coming in, I was just like, whoa. So that uh that is that has saved me. Ozark season three coming out tomorrow will save me too. But other than that, it is just being like I'm like I'm actually I'm in two K. I play a lot of two K now. I'm talk I'm the GM of the New York Knicks in my season, one executive of the year. What up? Um and I'm talking to my pumps. players as they uh as if they are real people. So okay. yeah. And, and and when I when I know I'm crazy will be when they start talking back. So that leads us into our, you know, our uh, leadoff discussion here, which would be, what would you give up to get sports back? I'm assuming that you would never give up your opportunity to run the New York Knicks and turn that franchise in around once and for all, right? Um, I would, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, well, I only took the job really to make sure Masai stayed in Toronto. Um, so I should really kind of get like a key to the city or something from Toronto for doing that. But no, I was, I was thinking about this. I think Good Show asked this question like a a week ago or something, which kind of brought it on my mind, but I was thinking about this like that today. And I'm like, what would I honestly like give up if like, you know, the devil showed up and was like, Hey, we will, if if you do the X thing or if you let X thing like to happen sports there will be sports come back with fans and everything tomorrow what would it be and i was thinking i said i'd probably like if i didn't have to like watch it happen i'd probably like give up like a pinky finger i was thinking (laughs) like if i got if i got put under anesthesia and like it just got amputated and i had to live the rest of my life without like i don't know like my right pinky i'd be like yep i'm cool with that I mean, before you mentioned a digit off your own body, uh, I was going to say that we've already given up everything. What have we not That's given true. up? We've given up everything except for Netflix. Uh, so I would give up. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd stay on this cliffhanger from Tiger King. I'd never know what happened to Joe Exotic. I'd be fine with that. Uh, I'm in Better Call Saul, so I'd just give that up as well. I would give up all the shows that I'm watching because that is all that is within, you know, that's all that's left in my life right now. Yeah, but then you, you, like, so you'd I'd have no media up. left because you don't watch movies. So you'd have no media left to consume. But we'd you'd have sports live. back. That's all that matters. That's true. That's true. So no digits on your end. You just, just any media. I'd probably hold on to those. But if I could, you nah. know, save many, many lives, then yeah, I'd give up a digit, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
it's just a crazy time. Like it's like Mark Cuban came out and said, "Yeah, we're hoping to get the the NBA back in May." And I mean, like that would be nice. It was not, it's nice to get any sort of good news at all, but I don't know how realistic the the projections are on that. Yeah, that seems overly optimistic, but uh I I mean, I guess we'll sort of, you know, hover around those topics and and that speculation as we go through everything that uh we're going to discuss today. As mentioned, the NHL was approaching uh, sort of a checkpoint in all this, March 27th. So it's sort of forced some new, approaching that date has, has forced some news out of the league office. Uh, the biggest of which uh, is that it's postponed the combine, the draft, and the award show in Las Vegas. All three of those events were scheduled for June. Is there one that is more important than the other or less important? I'd say probably the scouting combine is probably the least important thing, just in terms of like, you think I mean, not, like, maybe not maybe not for the functioning of the league, but like they have to they're going to have awards. They're not going to have an award show, but they have to have awards. I think they could have a draft without a combine, can't they? Oh, uh, OK. So like the award, like the initial award show is that is award? obviously. It, yeah, that's not important at all. I mean, it doesn't Wait, have to happen cancel, in Vegas. Like, awards from the season. No, they're going to have awards. So like yeah. that, like that's what I was going to say is like with the exception of the scouting combine, they're all three of these things are essential events, I believe. But they're the not. N- the NHL awards are not. An no, but they're event. they're essential events, but non-essential spectacles. The awards mm. doesn't have to happen in Vegas. Uh, it doesn't have to happen on any stage. It doesn't have to have Cuba Gooding Jr. presenting an award. Uh, they could do this MLB style, where they just set up a camera in the homes of the players that are up for major awards. Uh, NBC or Sportsnet or both has it, you know, ready to rock, ready to put these players on live television. And I think that'd be pretty cool if they actually found a way to do it that way. Uh, give us a little content, obviously. Uh, and might be actually a better way to do it because I, I think something about being on stage, it, it's not, you're not being yourself. You're trying to like, you know, be, you're, I don't know. You just, it's just a different venue. But if you're sitting on your couch and you're being asked, you know, uh, normal questions by normal people who cover the sport, I think it might be actually pretty cool to get some raw emotion that way. Yeah. The NHL awards, like as a, like the award show is just so antiquated. Like no one cares. Like no, I, I, I promise you. Like out of the, out of the NHL draft and combine, the NHL awards like doesn't even enter the conversation of viability. Like that, that is it's so. I, when, when is the last memorable moment from an NHL awards ceremony you can remember? Like you just off the top of your head, no research. I can't remember one, so you can. There's, there's like one, and it was Yuri Hudler going up. He was part of the Calgary Flames. I think it was Yuri Hidler, part of the Calgary Flames at that, yeah. that point, going up to accept the um, accept the Lady Bing with no shoes on. Yeah, and, that's, and he was and that's just it. completely banged up, just just like turnt. But I mean, I guess it. we'll we'll mess miss out on the possibility of you know these players being drunk in Vegas, which is probably going to happen after the awards. But, but the, uh, all, still... the All Star Game, that's the like th- that's essentially how like when we get to see players drunk, like just get the All Star Draft back, like they did when Kessel was picked last overall, and you that's when the, that's when the players are plied with alcohol and forced in front of a mic, and you get actual candid moments. Canceling, I like if I was the NHL. How much money does the NHL awards actually bring in? No one watches it on TV. You probably have sponsorship stuff that comes in, which is nice. Like it's probably the Bridgestone NHL awards or something. But like when we're talking about like things like you know hard lines in the sand to draw in an unprecedented like pandemic, this shouldn't even be in the conversation. Like no one cares about the NHL awards. No, but I hope they do have awards. I hope they. Oh yeah, do, yeah, yeah. You know, I I want to see a hard trophy. Uh, it would not be fair to the people who have had amazing seasons if they don't find a way to just you know hand out the awards and let them actually you know have their moment to enjoy uh, winning that award. It they as should... I said though, it doesn't have to happen on stage anywhere. So that's they... we're, no sweat for that. The draft though, uh, it would be a little disappointing for Alexis Lafreniere to not get his opportunity to walk across the stage in Montreal, no less. Uh, but we can see the same amount of trades and, of course, you know, find homes for all these new, you know, amateur players coming out of the draft by just filling a boardroom, a big boardroom, one that could allow for social distancing uh, with the 31 GMs. Let their let them do their thing. We can get cameras in there. Television crews can camp out outside, grab interviews afterwards or during the thing. It doesn't have to go down with a few few thousand fans in the stands at Bell Center and a few hundred players waiting to get their name called. Uh, I think we could still, you know, hold the draft. At some point, it won't be on the on the last weekend of June like it was scheduled for. Uh, but this shouldn't be a major concession either. Obviously, the pomp and circumstance might not be there. Uh, but the NHL draft, of course, will have to go on. This is an essential item, 100%. Uh, and they're just going to have to find a creative way to get around that as well. 
Yeah, that'll that'll have to be a huge conference room to have all 31 GMs in there with social distancing involved because isn't it like six feet between people? They should do the exact same thing. Everyone has their own table and they all have phones. It's yeah. just not, you know, there's no... Silent arena. So yes. we can hear all the conversations happening. Exactly. They could do it in the arena. There's no problem. For, for the NHL awards, I actually, I kind of hope now that they do it the same way that they used to do the World Junior Selection, where they go to, like, they, they put all of the nominees in a hotel and then... If they get an award, they go to their room at like three in the morning with cameras and lights and everything and knock on their door and wake them up and like interview them and say, you won the heart. And it's like, I don't know, uh, Leon Dreisaitl in like his boxers, like half asleep being like, thanks. You know, like that. That's what they used to do with the with the World Juniors on TSN. You There's like clips of, I don't know, like uh, Steven Stamkos being like, sick, dude, thanks. And he's like, you know, it's three in the morning. That would be great. I'd love to see that. And David Pasternak crying because he doesn't win the heart trophy. <laughs> It's okay. He plays for the love of the game. It's fine. Uh, so I, I, again, I, I think obviously they're going to have to make little little tweaks to uh, the two uh, events that we mentioned. I don't know how they put on the scouting combine. I mean, obviously you'd want something uh, to at least give you some information before the draft. But if it doesn't happen, that just doesn't happen. I mean, you have millions of scouts, not millions of scouts, hundreds of scouts working across the league. Uh, they're watching these players. They have watched these players up until seasons were shut down. So really, I, I don't know if you need to know how many chin-ups Sam Bennett or the next Sam Bennett can do uh, because it obviously will be an issue. You'd have hundreds of prospects doing workouts, trainers, people running it, staff, GMs, uh, being in one combine myself, there's a lot of people just running around. Like it would be hard to do anything without, uh, you know, violating the social distancing rules that are currently in play. Uh, there's one more idea. And uh, now that we're on the topic of cancellation, though, ESPN's Greg Wyshynski called for the cancellation mm. or the immediate cancellation of the regular season. Uh, he said the league is sort of at the mercy of municipalities here. Like, uh, as long as they want to move forward, every municipality is not going to move forward in the same manner. Therefore, it'll make it difficult for leagues uh, that depend on these municipalities to function. He also points out the logistical nightmare of trying to recreate the schedule exactly as it was. Uh, and obviously, we wouldn't have an equ equitable conclusion to the season if they can't mirror that. But I think his biggest thing was the financial implications. Uh, and it's not about, you know, Jeremy Jacobs. It's about the event staff, the people that have purchased tickets. Uh, I, I think I felt like this was a little premature until I read it and especially to getting to that point. But now I find it's kind of hard to argue. I think they should be making a decision on this because people have to plan, uh, for what this, the, the you know, the immediate future here, which is an uncertain future for everybody who's dealing with the pandemic, uh, in their own way. Yeah. Like I, I think. Like it sounds real. It sounds doom and gloom. And I've tried like there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. And I've tried really hard to kind of keep a at least a positive kind of outlook on this. Um, canceling the regular season sounds really bad. Like it sounds like, oh, man, but like it should be that shouldn't even be like a question now. Like cancel the regular season. No one cares. Like it, it, there's no other than. Yes, there's like the financial aspect of it. And that's the biggest thing driving everything. But like at the end of the day, you're we're going to have hockey and we'll get into this topic. We're going to have hockey played far later than we ever thought it would. And like a, a game between the Ottawa Senators and Columbus Blue Jackets in late July, right after they start out, which is would effectively be like game 75 of the season. Like that doesn't matter. Like what's the, like what is the point of jumping through all these hoops? My, my thing is, as my stance has been the same on this since we first started talking about this in the first COVID pod, this season's going to have an asterisk on it, no matter what. Like, no matter what happens, if, if the NHL resumes tomorrow, this season will still have an asterisk on it because there will have been a huge gap in between, in between you know, game 71 and game 72, and the, the playoffs will be pushed back. And if they aren't, then there'll be a huge kind of condensed cram schedule, and everyone will, like, no matter what, there will always be an asterisk on this. So canceling the regular season and going and just going into the playoffs based on points percentage in the standings 1 to 8, like... Just like that should be the priority right now. There's no, there's, there's no point in in, in figuring out the rest of the, of the regular season. It's a headache for the NHL, and it's a headache for fans. It's a headache for for schedule makers. It's a headache for venues. It's a headache for employees. Just like the playoffs are what everyone plays for. There's going to be an if we're talking the NHL cares so much about the longevity of of their brand, like there's like i said there's going to be an asterisk on this season no matter what this will always be remembered as the as the season that coronavirus like the season when coronavirus hit yeah 
play the playoffs. I can see why they wouldn't want to eliminate options because we simply don't know how long this is going to take. But the NHL would be foolish to think that it can complete this season exactly how it was supposed to be completed. It's not happening. So cancel the regular season, allow people to prepare for the future, and games that are played between now and what might be the Stanley Cup playoffs, if we get there, can exist as something different. Maybe it's something different that they can sell. Who knows? But this thing cannot continue as originally planned. So you got to allow people to sort things out from themselves. Uh, But it should be stated that it's not the NHL's job to hold Jeremy Jacobs accountable, nor is it a bad look for the NHL. These guys operate independently. So the fact that he's withholding money from people, that shouldn't factor in the NHL's decision here. The NHL's got to do what's best for itself. Uh, but I think they should realize by now that this regular season is not going to happen. Not every team's going to get to 82 games. Probably not every team's going to get to 75 games, and then you find a way to create the playoffs from that. They're going to have to do some sort of, if the best case scenario is awarding the Stanley Cup, there's got to be some sort of decision made, whether it's going to ha- you're going to have a play-in or you're just going to go with what you have, and, and there's nothing that they can do basically to change that because they're going to be pushed so far back that no regular season, no you know, just doing everything possible to get those games in is not going to be fair anyway. So go with what the fairest option, which is probably lumping in a few extra teams, play in Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't think they can, that they can really do anything else other than that. Uh, But this is a tough situation. So eliminating options is obviously a tough call. I think we should get into Jacobs now since we've sort of, we've talked about it. Not a single sports franchise has looked worse through this process. I mean, oh, the yeah. last to act, the quickest to cut pay from full-time staff. He just refuses, Jeremy Jacobs, that is, refuses to allow the pandemic impact his financial situation. And he's doing so by exploiting others. It's uh, like it, it's it's crazy because like teams have been shamed into reversing their stance. Like the, the, 70, the Philadelphia 76ers yesterday came out with a statement saying like, we're sorry. Like we're, we're, you know, we're sorry for trying to cut all your salaries to your employee, like to our employees. We're going to run that back. You're all going to be paid. It's going to be fine. You know, the, uh, the Sabres, for example, they were shamed into doing that. And now the Pagula family is investing 1.2 million into Western New York, all that kind of stuff. Jeremy Jacobs and the Boston Bruins from day one, they hadn't even like this was so, uh, yesterday, by the way, you're a popular guy on, on Slack over there. eh? You hear that? It's not good. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to get rid of it. Just, just, uh, quit the, quit the app. That's there you go, boom. It's exactly what you want to do mid pod, but there you oh go. yeah, no, I just gotta you know we're we're free flow here, but helping um, hand. But I uh, know from day one, Jeremy Jacobs and the Boston Bruins have refused to do right by their by their employees, by their fans, by their citizens, everything, and and the so the whole the the announcement that Delaware North came out yesterday. Delaware North is the conglomerate that owns the the Bruins. Um, they announced that sixty two full time staff will be put on temporary leave, and they'll receive one week of salary and eight weeks of benefits. Eighty two of their full time staff will receive indefinite pay cuts. And those, the only people who aren't impacted by this are the ones that have employment contracts that stipulate you must be paid this. Um, this like this is just so embarrassing to professional sports in general because I want like I want to break this down before we get into like all the nitty-gritty I want to break this down with you in like the cultural perspective here so Boston Bruins like the Boston Bruins are Boston as a sports city they're the city of underdogs you know they're this work they 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 pride themselves as this working class city you know we're all it's all the people all that kind of stuff we're all these hard-nosed you know these hard-nosed workers have been counted out forever but we put our we put our our our, you know our heads down we bring our lunch pail to work and that's how we get stuff done and we're the city of champions and jeremy jacobs has profited off that mantra by the bruins you know he's 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 built a team that's like, you know, lunch pail, working hard. They That's the way they br- the Bruins brand themselves. And now in a time when, like, the team needs, the t- like, the, the the employees and the, the citizens of Boston, essentially, need him the most. Because he's they've propped him up. They've propped his business up for years by working for him. Now when they need the, fa- the favor return, he waited two weeks in the middle of an unprecedented global pandemic before then putting out a statement through, like, through PR, not even through himself, saying you know what, screw you. So one, I want to say, if the Boston Bruins ever use the hashtag Boston Strong ever again, they should be shamed like into oblivion for it because it's the opposite of doing that. But two, I did some, I did some, some number crunching here because uh, I think it's important. So Jeremy Jacobs has a net worth of $3.1 billion. Okay. So he's saying, so 
all all of these staff members they have salaries that don't even come close to that obviously but they're all getting put on you know temporary leave indefinite leave they're having their benefits cut they're having their pay cut like the benefits thing too is crazy because like what happens if one of them gets sick after these eight weeks like we don't know how long this is going to last so he's a net worth of 3.1 billion the bruins themselves are worth 750 million dollars so that even the Bruins themselves, that's that's a crazy amount of money. You, the estimated amount to pay these employees, like for the remaining, like the remaining games, the regular season, and and moving forward, like you'd have to think would be the highest end would be like three million. That's nothing. That is Jeremy Jacobs finds that in his couch every day. So then after that, in 2018-19, so but okay, but people are thinking. Oh, well, you know, the Bruins, like hockey teams, their their financial situations are fluid. We don't know. Like, you know, businesses sometimes operate on margins, even though they, were, they uh, you know, announce like they, they're worth X amount of money. Sometimes they don't make a lot. Okay. Well, in 2018-19, according to Forbes NHL revenue rankings, the Bruins finished fifth and they brought an estimated $250 million in revenue that was helped by 13 additional home playoff dates. If the playoffs do return... You can think, and it, this is kind of hint, contingent on whether fans will come back, but the playoffs do return. You think that the Bruins would make another lengthy run? That would help that. That would help that money. Again, but but in that pool of money, Jacobs is saying, I'm not willing to to t- shave even a fraction off that to make sure that you you people can still earn a living wage. At, it, it even it, it, you know after that too, the way that Jacobs even got to buy the Bruins. Wasn't was a crazy deal. This guy is it, there's a reason why he's dripping in money. He paid ten million dollars in 1975 to buy the Boston Bruins, and when adjusted for inflation, that's roughly forty eight million dollars in today 20, 2020 money. So no matter which way you slice it, this guy has no reason whatsoever to not reach into his pockets and pay his employees what he would probably spend on like a renovation for his house. It's in, this is it, 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 it's so embarrassing and so sickening to think of someone who hoards this much amount of wealth who who turns his back on his employees so much in the time of unprecedented global need i hope that i hope that he never lives this down i hope no one ever lets jeremy jacobs of the boston bruins forget this the worst part was the word if with when they finally they were like the last team that said okay we're gonna play, pay our employees if this happens well the if i mean we're just stuck in limbo there's no if so he basically got away, like got around uh, the ability to pay them because there's going to be no if. There's no if. There's going to be no games. There's going to be no regular season games. Sure, they're going to get some playoff dates, but that was just finding a way basically to say, to put out some positive PR, which wasn't positive anyway, or an attempt to put out positive PR. And really, it just showed exactly who and what they are. Uh, I mean, we've seen other teams sort of fall into the same trap, I guess guess a little bit i mean the new jersey devils walk things back i mean some teams have followed the nhl the nhl cut salaries uh in an attempt rather to uh prevent layoffs so they cut everybody i think salary by 25 percent uh but the carolina hurricanes were the other team that sort of tipped their toes into jacob's waters the other day uh they said they were they announced that they were gonna have mass layoffs it it seemed like it was reported that 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 was gonna happen uh, but it was later refuted. Uh, the tweets were deleted. Uh, and then now we just don't really know what's going on because it looked like they had a plan or it seemed as though they had a plan. These are reputable, reputable reporters that are going with this, uh, but they denied it. And this is another guy who just doesn't have an excuse not to pay employees. I mean, he threw around a ridiculous amount of money to buy a forever like obviously a, a doomed football franchise. obviously doomed, doomed football league. football league. Apparently he just wanted an app. Uh, that that franchise owns so he bought that app for a ridiculous amount of money but will not pay you know the remaining six games on their home schedule six or seven games whatever it is uh, to the people who were counting on that money and planned for that money when they were doing their own budgeting for their lives uh, when you know taking jobs at concessions or what have you so uh, it's pretty embarrassing seeing some owners fall flat on their face Uh, some owners like Mark Cuban obviously came out right away Uh, I feel like he is almost a little too woke in the sense that he's like He's now coming out and saying, like, franchise is going to be remembered for how they act in this instance. It's almost like he's patting himself on the back a little bit. I would like, though, I would love it if people just did, you know, a simple team release like the Leafs did. You're not gloating. You're not talking about it. You just do the right thing and you do it quietly. But team like teams will be remembered for this, though. Like this is right. 
we're going to remember, you know, which which industries stepped up to help us during this. Like during this, we're going to remember, you know, I think that once society kind of gets itself out of this, I think we're going to remember, you know, we're going to look at grocery clerks and trucking uh, truck drivers and, you know, sanitation workers and medical professionals and all these all these, you know, important jobs in a different light. But um People will remember these NHL owners. People remember all sports owners who tried to do this. And walking back, like being shamed into, like remember the Calgary Flames, for example, they announced that they weren't going to do this. And then literally, like they couldn't put out a tweet without all of Twitter just bombasting them. And then now, and then they immediately walked it back. And same with, same with the, uh, the 76ers did that. Same with uh, the New Jersey Devils, all that kind of stuff. The fact, like Jeremy Jacobs is one of the richest owners in hockey. He like, you know, like Tom Dundon is, is, you know, a ludicrously wealthy guy who can throw around. He's worth his net worth is one point one billion. Like you said, he spent two hundred fifty million dollars on the AAF, the American Alliance of Football. It was doomed from the beginning, basically. But he and then he folded it. You know, he, he folded that league less than two months after buying it and lost a reported 70 million dollars. Which which didn't even register to him because he essentially the reports were after that that he you know the reports essentially that came out after that were that he only bought the t- bought the the league so he could get ownership over the the technology that was being used to, v- to develop their gambling app and so he actually viewed the league itself as a headache whatever that's besides the point but like so Luke DeCock of the news of the uh, I guess like Carolina News and Reporter reported on Wednesday that the Hurricanes would be announcing mass layoffs and everything but like. A meet, like uh, later that night it was refuted and now that tweet is deleted so I don't know we don't know what's going on now but like for example like Tom Dundon's net worth 1.1 billion Jeremy Jacobs is worth three times that yeah. and if and if they're going to pay like if, if the Hurricanes are going to keep paying their staff and remind and remember Tom Dundon's like notorious for not wanting to pay people money like Don Waddell like remember when he when they were trying to find a general manager, all these other ge- candidates were rejecting their offers because he was only offering four hundred grand a year for a job that should probably be worth upwards to like a million dollars. Like, and Tom Dundon is still apparently ready to pay his employees. Jeremy Jacobs, who owns a money printing machine, the Boston Bruins are a money printing machine. He owns a means to just make more money, and he's not willing to just commit a little bit more. He, like the hockey cannot be played for the next three years and Jeremy Jacobs could afford no problem whatsoever to keep paying that staff there he's worth 3.1 billion dollars and the team brought in 250 million dollars in revenue last year what are we talking about here like it's it's insane the Arizona Coyotes apparently they're you know they were sanctioned with all these 250 thousand dollar fines over and over and over again for uh you know running fitness testing on prospects that you know are going to get a combine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it was a good thing that they I mean, did that now. Maybe, maybe. But they have they have a new owner. Uh, the new owner is supposed to have money. Uh, but they've been hit with all those fines, and they're still going to do it. They got on board. I mean, there's teams that are... I mean, most of the teams, pretty much every team is not does not have the advantages that Jeremy Jacobs has. Uh, he has, you know, like... Again, he just he has all the wealth already, but he also has a good team that's probably going to be going to the playoffs over and over and over again. There's teams at the bottom of the league that haven't been to the playoffs in years that are not making that extra cash that he's making. I know it's all shared, but he's the one that has the opportunity to make all that playoff revenue. uh, And he can't do right by the employees that work so hard uh, to flip over the TD garden from Celtics to Bruins to Celtics to Bruins, uh, because those teams are always in the playoffs and they're, and they're always forcing them to work hard. I mean, it's good for them because they get to make money. Obviously they're only going to get paid if they work, uh, but it's just a pretty nasty situation. The Bruins are also like a prestige team in the NHL and sports really, but in the NHL, like these, like I think that they're, you know, this might get debated or whatever, but I think that there are, there, there should be a, an onus on these original six teams, the ones that are in great financial, you know, standing, the ones that make the most amount of money in the NHL, that contribute most to the revenue sharing that, you know, are, are on all the billboards and drive most of the dollars to go into the, the bank accounts here to be at the forefront of, positive league movements like it should be these these should be the first teams that come out like and say we're gonna pay our employees and then the and then the buck should kind of follow from there these are the teams that have been around the longest they have the most stable ownership you know they make the most money they're the most marketable they're the they're the highest on the totem pole in terms of nhl importance they should be the ones that are leading the charge and for jeremy jacobs who's part who's like i would say the three most important teams or four most important teams out of that original six are the leafs habs 
uh, Bruins and Rangers. Jeremy Jacobs is part of the four most important teams in the NHL. He he could have taken this opportunity to rally around the Boston Strong thing and say, we're going to pay all our employees and have everyone kind of follow suit. And instead, he's choosing to be an actual, like a piece of human garbage. This is, he has no excuse not to do this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Unfortunately, he probably thinks that's the reason that he's been disadvantaged. He thinks he's hard done by because he's lifting up all these other franchises or helping lift up all these other franchises that aren't making and generating as much money as him. I'm only assuming that he thinks that he is deserving of something for all the work that he's quote unquote put in. Uh, Again, I'm putting words in his mouth, but I can't imagine someone who wouldn't help people in such desperate need would think anything otherwise. Um, Moving on. Uh, Unfortunately, we're at the stage in this from a content perspective that any NHL GM could whisper any idea or any motive to any reporter and it will gain some traction. And I do believe this is what happened here because one GM has proposed in a conversation with the athletics, Craig Custance, that NHL teams should play for the lottery, the top lottery selection. They should play for uh, Alexis Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield and so on down the line. I don't think it would be a surprise if it was, you know, Jeff Gordon or Stan Bowman who would yeah. be the one floating this idea out because I think a team that is uh, pushing the issue for or forcing the issue a bit for a playoff spot or one of the better teams that's not going to make the playoffs, I don't know if the Blackhawks are there yet, but the Rangers for sure, would be heavily in favor of a tournament that could help them yield Le- Alexis Lafreniere. I mean, we're going from 1.2% maybe to... You know, maybe we got a really good shot at this. So uh, as much as I think it is interesting, the concept playing for the number one selection, I doubt you could convince the players to take this seriously. Uh, It would be unbelievable in a world. Like if you could just, you know, video game simulation this, everyone's trying, everyone's willing to block slap shots with their teeth. Uh, It would be amazing. Uh, But the biggest issue is that. I mean, why would San Jose, who doesn't even own their lottery selection, play hard for yeah. the Ottawa Senators to get the top pick. Uh, would they throw games? That said, man, I mean, if they threw a game, that'd be awesome. Like, all this would be so fun, uh, but there's just no way it happens, right? No way. Like, this this was definitely floated by the team that's in, like, 17th place in the NHL. Like, the, the, the team that, you know, has the best record that won't make the playoffs, for sure. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, man, we... Uh, there should definitely be some sort of tournament where like the best remaining teams fight for it. And like, I've been a proponent of this for years. Like, I think it's a great idea in theory, but imagine you're a player who sustains a career ending injury in the lottery tournament. You've essentially sacrificed your career just so your team could pick possibly your replacement. Like what, Mm -hmm. how there's no way the players association signs off on that at all. And are we sure that it was an NHL GM? Because I feel like a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, NHL executives or NHL staffers or whatever are like, you know, the, the executive assistant to the third head scout or something. And, and they're just like, you know, BSing around the, like, I, I, I feel like this was not floated legitimately. This is just like a fantasy idea. Like there's on Twitter, there's like, you know, NBA Reddit, for example, is going crazy because on Twitter, everyone's going, you know, day nine and they post a crazy thing. And yesterday was like day 15 of quarantine. And then the post was, you know, what if like, could someone get over the, the, the CBA if a GM marries a player so then he could sign him for, for league men and pay him, you know, in their married union? And I feel like this is what the, the, the GMs or staffers were doing, where they're just like throwing out crazy ideas because they're bored and they literally have nothing else to do. I mean, it's out there. I don't know if it's that out there. Uh, but you Also, know, not a bad idea. Just not, uh, Hey, Kyle Dubas marries Mitch Marner, can pay him 700 grand, 
and then just kind of make up the rest, boom. Circumvention is uh, the key to this league. Uh, I mean, the idea, if we're going to flesh it out, flesh it out a little bit, would be uh, that you know the teams that are in the lower standing would have the higher you know chances at winning. I don't know exactly how they do that, but it could be really simple. It could be as simple as um, when when and you move on. You start at the top of the chain. Fourteen plays thirteen. Winner moves on to play twelve. Winner moves on to play eleven. Winner moves on to play 10, and you go all the way down the road so you know that the Detroit Red Wings are going to be playing for Alexis Lafreniere at the end of this chain, and that going on an epic run to capture the rights of this highly touted prospect is possible. Imagine a team winning eight in a row, and you have a one-game playoff against Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings who've been just sitting there idle. Just uh, waiting it, for you. It would be the weirdest thing, but it would be pretty cool if a team went on an epic run if they did something like that. I'm in favor of... like I. Uh, this was proposed like years ago, like when I was in middle school and I pr- I'd be in, in favor of it forever. It's there should be like, because this is, this is thought of as like a separate tournament, like a, like a, like that doesn't in- include regular standings. It's just like these teams are playing in a separate tournament. I've been, a, I've been a fan of like from the moment a, t- a certain team is eliminated from postseason contention, it should be, they should then play the rest of the regular season. And, and it should be di- like the, the, the picks should be divvied up by, um, uh, points percentage from that point on so like let's say let's say the the red wings get eliminated earliest from postseason contention um like around uh, they did it in like you know around late february this year like it was crazy like they're so the they, only the only team that has uh done it like i think at one point they were the only team that either was eliminated for the playoffs or officially made the playoffs and like th- there has to be like a minimum so like they they would have the longest runway to amass the the best points percentage to then get the first overall pick and it has to like sort of eliminate teams who are like vying for the vying for the postseason on like the last day of the regular season or something because then they could finish like 500 or like 1000 or something and like it just doesn't matter or they get eliminated like the one game like in game the, the second last game so they, their last game does, is meaningless but they win it they they have a 1000 point percentage that doesn't mean they're gonna make they're gonna win the lottery but that would decentivize um that would decentivize like tanking it would decentivize like just selling off assets and it would it would essentially like dissuade teams from doing what the sabers tried to do to get mcdavid and it didn't work like i'm, I'm a fan of that but I'm, but in terms of sequestering all these teams have been eliminated from the postseason into their own thing and then having them duke it out in like a gladiator ring for the first overall pick i uh, that just doesn't that seems like a safety hazard to me i don't know yeah i don't think for for that reason and more i don't think you'd find many teams that would sign off for it you're right it's like it's the three or four teams that are pretty good and are not going to make the playoffs for whatever reason, be it tough division, metropolitan division. Uh, there's teams that could make the playoffs in a different division. Sure. Uh, they would love for that opportunity, but there's so many teams that wouldn't care about it. Uh, there's players that would be in jeopardy. And there was, there's teams that deserve probably better fate. Like if you're the the third worst team in the league and you're going to have the third best odds, all of a sudden, if you're, if this tournament happens in that format I mean your odds shrink considerably they have to even the Detroit Red Wings if they got to play in the game that would decide who gets the player I don't even think they would take that no exactly and like this this essentially would ensure or have a much like the whole point of the draft lottery is to make sure that teams who are bad don't stay bad forever and this would this would completely reverse that like although you know it's it's going down the list like can you really the Red Wings have 17 wins in 71 games like they can you really expect them to win hockey games at this point like especially win- cold exactly like they're waiting around for like a week and then you expect them to come in cold against a team that just slaughtered eight straight teams you expecting that like this this would i would much rather watch i would much rather keep the same system they have watch the red wings select lafreniere and bring back another original six team that helps the nhl make more money by getting more playoff t- um you know playoff tickets essentially or playoff gate revenue then you know watch the red wings be terrible and barely and, and struggle to crack 40 points in a full season you know for the next five years until they luck into something like it's it, it would essentially like everyone says all oh, the draft lottery is all luck it's all these odds it would be it would put luck it, it would it would put an emphasis on luck way more because you're essentially just crossing your fingers that you know the red wings can can one year pull it out of their butt and and win like a tournament and get the and get a, a right that they would have been afforded to every year previously like it just what, it doesn't make sense to me what if it's a six-team tournament happening at the same time as the regular play in for the stanley cup playoffs it's truly bad teams six bad no teams. one would watch that round they wouldn't play they would watch that for alexis lafreniere they would watch are you it for kidding sure. me? you'd rather so you'd like think about the are you kidding me you think people would watch that you think why wouldn't they watch it 
Leafs Leafs Lightning conference finals going on. No, no, no. It's happening like at the same time as the play in, but it's happening. Oh, you know, the play. You know when the, when a tournament, okay. uh, the World Juniors, they have relegation games at nine a.m. No before. one watches those. No, but I would watch them if you're a Red Wings fan too. Any fan of those of that team would be good for just, two local just, markets. But if you just suffered through seventy games, you're a Red Wings fan. That's a big market, and you you have uh, a it's four true. team round robin. You play each other, then you have a little semifinal, little final, just a six team tournament to keep them going. Uh, to you know validate the fact that they had a uh training camp which is ridiculous that they might have uh but to just play to make it competitive for those guys but don't bring in you know competition that's too good because if you put the rangers in there the rangers are going to win it but if it's if it's detroit ottawa uh anaheim who else is bad jersey Uh, la jersey la LA might win that but uh, but like i don't know it might be fun so this is happening like not in conjunction with the playoffs it's like two, it, like uh, like what I was saying before is that they they got to cancel the regular season. It's not going to happen, so they're yeah. going to have to move some pieces around. So you have like a two week span where you're figuring out where everyone slots, and once you figure mm-hmm. out where everyone slots, you start into the playoffs. So so the like the teams that are in this tournament don't have a training camp then, because I think we I think they well, I do. think they'd have to. Every team's going to have to have a training camp. So if you're going to play, this, you have to have something. So it's going to be like a three ga- a three day tournament then. Yeah, it could be that. I so mean, the they, pl- I think the play in games are going to have to be longer than that. You can't just have one cold game and, and expect to. I think are we have to be- are we doing play in games? Like are we doing? That's what I was going to say. That's what I was saying. If you're going to have yeah. play in games, so you're involving you know teams, uh, twenty two through seventeen or whatever, then you have the remaining eight teams or whatever that might do this, or you're doing six and whatever it was. Like if you're going to get, if you're going to have to, if you really want to create seating without the current standings, everyone's going to have to play something. So yeah. if you put the bottom teams who had no chance of making the playoffs, let them play for the top six seeds, let the next group of teams play for the opportunity to make the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then the top 10 or 12 teams that are already in, they're in the playoffs for sure already. Maybe they play some exhibition games at that time just to say, just to have some tread on their tires before the competition actually begins. But if everyone's going to have to play more, and it's not going to be a regular regular season, why not have everyone just determine where they are in a two-week period or whatever? That's fine for teams but play like you can't expect the players will get up for that like like no play no. hockey players are very like self i know that you know it's all about putting the team over everything but like they're very they're all about self-belief and so like why would why would they play their heart out to get a kid who they think is like an upgrade over what they currently have like no hockey player is going to be like oh we got to play hard because we suck right now and we need and we're putting all our and we're we're going to put our bodies on the line to ensure we can get an 18-year-old kid who is going to help us not suck. No, like you go into any locker room, you go into you go into the Red Wings locker room right now. Let's say the season started again and we're going we're starting from game 1 of the regular season now. Same rosters, everything. The regular the Red Wings would be like we can surprise people. Like that's what every team does. So why would they have any, you know, motivation or 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 you know, emphasis to go out and put their bodies on the line to get a kid who is going to make them better? That's essentially saying that you're not good enough. Like they're they're not going to do that. They're not going to they're not going to sacrifice their health for that. Yeah, I see that. But I also, if I'm if I'm Brady Kachuk and I love hockey, which I'm sure Brady Kachuk does, and they want me to play, you know, a tournament in a, in a couple weeks. And it could make my team better, and the team that I have ownership over, that I'm probably going to captain one day, I'm down. I I try to rally the troops because I love hockey. I want to play hockey. I want to win, and I know this kid can help us. It's going to be hard for people to you know rationalize it. And, what about and, the fourth liners and figure what about it out? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And that might make it you know unpredictable in a certain sense. But like, what about the guys uh, who's going to get replaced by this dude? Some teams, uh, exactly. Well, I mean, there's draft picks coming in regardless. But no, I know. But like, they but that's not consciously in the mind when they're playing for the re- down the regular season. But like now, this is like that's the only reason you're playing for is to get this this one golden no. kid. And some people aren't going to be aren't going to be able to you know give their best effort. But I would suggest or I would suspect that most players that you know actually like playing the game would be okay with playing a two-week tournament just to get, you know, the end of the season over with and to move on. That's true. Like, I'm, I'm not going to... At this point, I'm not going to vote against any idea that stipulates we get to see more hockey. But I... At the same time, like, I don't think that this will be something that, that the player... Like, the Players Association kicks up fuss about everything. Like, anything that's perceived as a slight. I guarantee, like, the, you know, the the... 
coalition of fourth liners are going to come in and say, hey, like, what is the point of us playing in this? Like, what? well, just so we can, we're playing so someone can come in and take our job. Like, what's the point in that? Yep. It's it's true. Unfortunately, it's true. That's why it's it's going to be hard for them to do anything with uh, an incredible amount of, in, of creativity because there will always be pushback. I mean, yeah. this is going to be like a it's going to be a tug of war regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to be pissed off. Someone's going to feel that they were hard done by uh, it's And it's going to be it's going to be really difficult to put these chips together. But if if we're just playing for the love of the game, hell, it would be so fun to play for the next, you know, potential city crosby that'd be really cool oh that'd be sweet um you want to end off on some some leaf news uh should we touch on the nhl uh requesting august dates just briefly i guess we just talk, talk about, about timetable uh, i think we said we were going to talk about it a little late there's okay. not really so, yeah, much sure. there's not really much to add i mean i think this just gives you an idea of of what to expect i mean we're going to wipe away uh, at least a half month by the end of march which is which is closing in uh, i think all of april's obviously pretty much toast so that's a month and a half back from the mid-june date that takes us to the end of july uh that means we could you know if they're asking about august that means we're probably pushing it back a little bit farther than that i don't think every team's going to be playing in august uh but i think it's worth you know i think the discussion in the nhl offices is like can they play in july is the is it going to be too hot outside in certain markets or most markets for them to actually have games uh, I think this is, I don't think this is in an effort to complete the regular season. Cause I think they should realize that that's not possible, mm-hmm. but it's just, if they want to put on a legitimate playoffs, it could go into August and we should be prepared for that. Yeah. This seems like a, like a, a, a contingency plan. Like, I feel like if they, if anything, if this goes past August, I feel like they're just going to say, all right, we're scrapping. Cause okay. Gary Bettman said he expects the next NHL season. So the 2020, 2021 season to be a normal season. So all, if you're playing in August, that already negates the fact because you're not playing in August and then having a two-week offseason where you have to cram free agency, a draft, a combine. You know, like, like there's so much there's so much that goes into that. And then they're not you're not starting in, you know, on October 2nd or something like they usually do after finishing in August. That just doesn't happen. Um, so I, I think this is a final sort of like contingency plan like this is the latest we can go before we have to kind of just bail on this season and kind of move forward um also like these games will be held without fans like i think that until until these until this like until the curve really flattens until we're seeing like substantial decreases in new cases and stuff with all this like they're like the games will come back and everyone and that'll be great but i think people are thinking like once once hockey comes back we can all go to a leafs game again and have fun like i don't think that's going to happen i think we're going to be watching a lot of sports from our couches um at least until like until the next season starts um because this is just a uh, yeah i i like i think that this will like this will wreak havoc in a market like tampa where it's really hot outside in in august and the ice is going to be terrible but it's also like this this has to include like the nba will probably be coming back at the same time so you're going to have to like kind of duel for court for for arena dates on that concerts have been have been postponed that might get you know put back in there like there's just so much so many moving pieces at this point that like it, it, it's hard to make any definitive statements whatsoever on this um and you would kind of hope that at the end of the day though like i'm fine with hockey being played whenever as long as hockey comes back yeah i think i'm with you i think if they do come back this year and have playoffs uh there won't be fans in the stands which will be really 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 weird uh, but it's probably the reality and it might make the ice less of a concern because if you don't have 19,000 warm bodies in the stands, uh, maybe it'll be a little bit easier to keep the ice cool. Maybe. That's true. Yeah. And you love that cool ice, you know, so you, it, ice is better when cool. Uh, hot take hot take by Justin Cuthbert. There you right go. There. I promise no hot takes at the start of the show, but we do, in fact, have at least one. OK, let's get into that Leaf news. Uh, reported mutual interest between the Leafs and Kyle Clifford on an extension. Uh, I believe his was it his agent that came out and spoke this week. So this was yeah I think it was his agent, but this is weird because again like I'm talking about like I don't know who these people are who are floating these reports because there was there was an agent that came out the saying there's mutual interest. the The report is that like Jake Muzzin has been a huge influence on him wanting to stay. Um, but uh, so a former a former Hurricanes scout slash Washington Capitals scout named Roger Dicklin, um, he came out and said that he that. Like to his knowledge, he expects a, the Clifford extension to be for three years at two million dollars per year. That's a little rich. Uh, that like, 
that's more than 50% more than I'd pay Kyle Clifford. And like the term is crazy too. Yeah, the term is a little nuts. I mean, this guy's already put in a hard decade, right? I mean, pretty close. He he's was 29, he, is it? Let me okay, see. Okay, so so he's pretty close. Uh I mean, I see I see every reason to try and retain him. I mean, yeah. I, I think they 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 acquired him uh for a reason and I think he's done probably the job that they expected. Uh but again, I mentioned this on the Grades podcast. I mean, the difference with Clifford was supposed to be that he could be a guy that that is that has the ability to drive play. He has not shown that in the two, three, four weeks that he was here. I don't think he's uh, his numbers from that regard are not that great. I think this is simply that they've acknowledged that they can use a guy like this. Uh, yeah. I think this is a little bit of a, I don't know if it's an about face, but just a little bit of a different, uh, just re reexamining or rethinking his stance, Kyle Dubas's stance on, on needing a guy like this. He can play. That is a difference. Is he going to be a consistent play driver for the Maple Leafs? I doubt that. And I don't think you want to pay him $2 million a year if he can't be. Th- that's the thing is this salary cap's not going up and they don't have money. So it might I go don't, down. I don't know how they're, they plan. I mean, Roger Dickland is not the most trusted source. I don't know who this source. is. He's not the most trusted source in hockey, but uh, <laughs> that's going to be, that's pretty rich for, for Kyle Clifford, who is not, you know, he's not the, the, the greatest tough guy in the world from a, from a talent perspective. This isn't like a completely, this isn't a unicorn. This is a normal tough guy who can play a little bit, skate a little bit and punch people in the face when need be. I think the Leafs can use that. I don't think they should pay a premium for it. His, his career high in points is 21. Like, I don't care how many faces he punches. Like, you can't pay. That would be a disastrous contract. Like, we're talking about, you know, we, we talk about the the sort of death by paper cuts by, by teams where it's not like the huge contracts that kill them. It's like the mid-grade guys to guys who, it's the mid-grade contracts given to guys who don't deserve mid-grade money. This would be insane. Paying a guy, like, Kyle Clifford av- averaged, he had three points in 16 games since coming over to the Leafs. Um, and he, he averaged 9.30. Like you're gonna pay a guy who averages less than double digits a game two million dollars a year for three years? That's insane. Why? Like, what's the point of that? I mean, I heard people <clears throat> uh, comparing to this to Matt Martin. The first thing Kyle Dubas was yeah. was ship out Matt Martin. He is better than Matt Martin. There's no question yes. about it yes. in my in my estimation. Uh, but you're, I mean, you're going back to that initial prop or the thing that you couldn't stand having around. You're basically signing that contract over again. He is a better player, but this was like. It was completely incompatible with you and Matt Martin for Kyle Dubas at the start. And now you're getting someone who's a just a little bit better version and you're putting the same type of investment in it. It just doesn't seem right. But again, this is not from Bob McKenzie or Pierre Lebrun. Yeah. This is from Roger Dickland. So what would a good contract look like to you? Like if you, you're Kyle Dubas, like what would you be aiming to get Kyle Clifford on? The Engvall deal probably. Like 1.25? Two years, 1.25. I, like, I know, I know that it's not huge, but I would really try and get him under a million. Like, if you could get him at like a two-year, one-point-eight million contract, like where it's nine hundred grand per year. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know he can get more in the open market. Like, there's no question about it. But do you really want to up? Uh, like, uh, he's got young kids. He's from the area. All his friends are on the team for the next few years. Like, Jake, do you, Jake Muzzin took a little less. Jake Muzzin took a little less. You got your like. You've said Kyle Clifford has come out and said like Jack Campbell is the hardest working guy I've ever seen in hockey. Like, do you, it, both two of your buds are on the team? You've clearly made like a ton of friends moving forward here. You get to play in Toronto. Like, I we it's the same argument all the time where it's like your your endorsement opportunities are greater here. If you take two years, nine hundred grand. You you can get you can make that all up in endorsement money or, or signings or anything for the rest of your life. If you go to like Columbus and sign for like, you sign the the three years two million dollars. That's that would be it for you. Like, what's why would you want to up, uproot your life? You know, uh, say goodbye to all your friends and go just for a couple couple more bucks where you could still make that up in future dates or even you know you can still make that up in that in that season. Like, I think it's just it's a better idea for it would be a better idea for him to to kind of take a little bit less than he could and and kind of cement himself there because he could if he's part of the Leafs team that wins the Stanley Cup you're good for life man like you can you can walk into any Canadian tire on the planet impromptu and sign tickets and walk away with like 50 grand or sign sign uh, cards and walk away with 50 grand 50 grand wow no uh, I'm not <laughs> saying 50 grand but like you can walk away with a lot of money uh yeah definitely I mean uh, 
if if the Leafs aren't bringing in potential sponsors with meetings, then they're not doing it right. I don't know if this is against the rules, but if they don't have, you know, Canadian Tire and, you know, Sonnet Insurance in the boardroom with them saying, hey, you sign this deal, we'll make sure you get three endorsements with this group of people that we work with. We'll get your toothless smile in your bald head on commercials. It'll be great. And, and that's exactly we'll what they go, seem no to have bucket. done. Like Zach Hyman doesn't make that much money, but he has all these other endeavors and all those and within those endeavors is a pretty decent, you know, commercial portfolio, radio, television. He's he's you know, you can you can find him on uh, on either and he's finding a way to make money. Guys that, you know, take 300 grand less per year can make up that 300 grand, then make a little bit more down the line if they choose the Leafs. It is a difficult discussion to have with these guys, though, if you can't guarantee them anything uh taking their word for it might be a different story i wouldn't sign like i I feel like it'd be weird to sign a contract extension during a pandemic right now like in in a way it would be like it would be good because you're like you know in a a time of great uncertainty you're you know shoring up your financial security but at the same time it's just like who knows when you're gonna be playing next you know who knows what you're like you know who knows what the what the business like if you're making those promises with sponsors and endorsements everything who knows what that what the economic future of not just the league but like the world is gonna look like you know in 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 the near future like i think it's just i think it's very it's it's odd that this is happening now even though like i know there's a lot of time and i feel like dubis can be like well i might as well put my time to use to something it's still like there's just a lot of moving pieces with that and i feel like it's tough to make definitive uh commitments during a time where there's like nothing definitive to latch onto at, at all yeah i think it would be hard it's definitely hard for both the league or both the team and the players to be sort of mulling this over but if you're in a kyle clifford scenario where you know you're around the one million dollar mark apparently he's around the two million mark uh if you believe roger dickland who who is uh, roger dickland i like, don't know what? we'll figure it out eventually yeah. but like but he knows he's like the leafs know they're gonna have to get a bunch of players on deals mm-hmm. that are around one to 1.5 million so signing them so signing clifford if they can to that wouldn't be like you know could terribly like complicating for the future like it, you know you're gonna you need, you're gonna need those guys uh you get them under contract you move forward uh but signing like a legitimate contract uh whether it's you know the big three that have signed contracts in recent years like doing that deal would be impossible right now because you don't know where the cap is going you don't know how much of uh them you're going to get for the upcoming season from this current season it would be too hard to do a major deal but i think these minor ones could get done and we've seen a couple signed at least out of college where guys are just you know signing their entry-level deals and choosing which nhl teams they want to be with for sure i just I, I'm I'm happy to bring him back. I would love to bring Kyle Clifford back. I think be, he'd be a great staple on your fourth line. Just he brings so much to the team. He although, although you say you haven't seen him drive play, like the numbers suggest that he does, and he drives play in a relative sense as like a fourth liner. Like he's not going to drive play like you know Matthews or Marner does. His but... his, dri- his play driving numbers aren't great since he joined the Maple Leafs. Yeah, but that's a 16 game sample. It is, like it's his- a small sample, and he's got different lineups or different line mates all the time. So it's not really fair. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that he was touting it as this player is different, there's no evidence of him being different yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, just I'm, I, I'd be happy to keep him. But if it's at three years, two million, I will drive him to the airport myself. And I don't have a license. So <laughs> I'm good. There you go. Uh, that's probably a good way to end it. You go get your license. That's something you could do during this break. I don't think. I don't think I can. I don't think that's an essential service, is it? Nah, but Doug Ford left everything open, so that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm he's go, doing I'm a good. Go I don't want. Mo- I don't want to slander Doug Ford. He's doing no, okay. He's, what if I told you the greatest comeback came off the court? Like this guy has done a complete one eighty. Good for there him, man. Go. He was terrible, and now he's decent. Redeeming himself one pandemic at a time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I'm not going to add anything of value. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it there on Ford, uh, and we'll leave it there for this podcast. I think we, uh, I think we touched on all the major talking points that came up this week. Again, I mentioned that it was sort of an important week with the end of the self-mandated isolation period or the NHL-mandated isolation period. Uh, so we have a little bit more clarity, but really not much clarity at all as we sort of move forward here and just hope that things, you know. The curve gets flattened, people stay inside, people wash their hands, people treat this like the serious situation that it is, and sooner than later, life gets back to normal, and we have hockey and all sports back again. Yeah, it's like, stay inside. Like, don't, this, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. Stay inside, watch movies, play video games, work from home. Like, if you want sports back, 
don't go outside unless you need to. It shouldn't be that difficult of a, of a request. Wash your hands, stay safe, please. But just stay inside. And Roger Dickland, if you have any other news or any other speculation, just be, you know, feel free to share. We'd love talking points uh, to discuss on the next episode. And until then, uh, we'll leave it at that. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.